1: We had Yessi pull Hiyarvi over. He's a man of few words, which is, you know, between Jack and myself. But it's okay because we can cover. But we're, we're hoping for a little bit longer than 37 seconds for the interview. How much were you guys in shock? that Bill Hervey fell to four, or did you have prior information that Columbus was seriously uh, looking at Pierre-Luc Dubois at number three?
0: Well, it was an interesting day. Uh, I got the opportunity to spend most of it in the uh, in the war room, if you want to call it that, and uh, the staff uh, led by Peter Shirelli and, and the rest of the group did a tremendous job because they anticipated uh, a number of different scenarios, really played them out, and one of them was uh, one of those top two or three guys following uh, to us at number four and of course it happened and we were prepared to react and, and, uh, and make the pick immediately but it's interesting how much uh, strategy and stress maybe goes into um, figuring out what you want to do are you going to move down are you going to trade the pick um, and as it turns out we got a player that we coveted and we're excited about him joining our organization we think that he has a chance to be a, a long time oiler and uh, you know he's still got work to do and one of them is learning the English language as you guys found out
2: Todd, the suggestion is or it was going into this draft that the top three players in this NHL draft were Austin Matthews Patrick Laine and Jesper Yarvey and there was a chance that those three players were by far and away the most NHL ready when you look at pooley he he's certainly got an NHL body at 6'4", 210 pounds. Do you see him being an NHL player right away?
0: Well, that's what I've been told by uh, by our staff uh, and, and throughout the season, even before we picked them, that these three players would probably have the best opportunity of playing in the, in the National Hockey League next year. Now, a lot of things have to happen. Uh, before that that occurs. He's got to adjust to his environment in Edmonton. Uh, The language barrier is a bit of a thing. He's going to have to learn some things there. Um, He's going to have to to come to camp, and we're going to have to determine the type of camp that he had, how he fits our team, and what the best development path is for him. And uh, if he's ready to play, and we think he can contribute, and we're doing the right thing organizationally for him and for us, then he'll play. Um, But I, I, I think we're talking about something that we can't pin down at this moment. We've got to wait and see what happens, and we've got to take a look at what our team looks like at that point as well.
1: Well, you certainly have some options. Speaking of options, how much consideration was there for Matthew Kinshaw? As a, I mean, I I look at the team and go, you're certainly at this stage deeper on the left side, possibly with another option come free agency. You get the right wing, but... Did Kachuk merit serious consideration, or was once you know Paul Yarby fell, he was going to be the guy? No,
0: absolutely, he merited that that consideration. And, and again, we went through those scenarios during the day. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, um, as it turns out, he went third overall. He deserved uh, and me- that merit of, of consideration as well. And you know, levy uh, Sergachev, all these players that went in that range uh, were considered by us. They were deeply evaluated. There were, uh, you know, you put up on the board the pros and cons and how they would fit the team, and you try and project where they are now and where they're gonna end up, who they may connect with on our team. There's, there's so many things that our scouts and scouts from other teams do, uh, over and above just watching them play the game. So uh, our staff did a, a very, very good job of evaluating all of those players, uh, including Austin Matthews. You never knew what could happen. Uh, but as it turns out, we feel fortunate to get a guy that uh, uh, we thought we might not get.
2: Todd, in your answers, it's overwhelming to me that you see pooley is a good player, but he's also going to have to adjust as a person, learning the language, how he connects with other teammates. I know you can't configure your team around one prospect, but does it to some degree magnify the importance of already having two assets in the organization, like a Korpakoski, like a Pukarinen, that could potentially help with that adjustment? Does that go into your thinking at all?
0: Well, it- it's interesting you mentioned about not molding your your team around a, a prospect. I think we are doing that around Connor McDavid, to tell you the truth. So okay. But he's a very unique player. I think we're all aware of that. And
1: did he speak
0: Finnish? Uh, well, hopefully at some point. He um, can
2: do everything else. You know what?
0: Hockey is a universal language. So if uh, Jesse and Connor can get together and speak right. their own language, we'll all, we'll all be happy. But um, you know, in Jesse's case, he he does have to to, to do some things uh, personally to uh, to adapt to our environment. This is a young man that's had tremendous success playing against men, but they've been in uh, in international games. They've been on international ice surface for the most part. Uh, he has been in a comfort zone with his own countrymen. Um, the the Finns tend to be very uh, hard and and uh, team orientated, which is always a really good thing to have. I think Corpy uh, and and uh, any other of the Finn players, uh, Pakarinen for example, can help him adjust to to our environment. Uh, certainly, I think that's an asset. You
1: have a lot of bullets down the proverbial chamber in terms of a potential deal at this stage as coach of the Oilers, and we're only day one into the draft. But are you not concerned, but really intrigued as to see how Peter Chiarelli and his staff, in concert with your thoughts, will upgrade the team's defense?
0: Well, it's it's a goal of ours, um, you know. And one of the things that I've learned throughout the, this process over the last couple of years is that most teams now are building through the draft. It, it's hard to. Uh, to turn your back on that. Uh, the players that enter the, the, the NHL, they're, they're priced a little bit lower uh, than the veteran players, but uh, we would like to improve our back end. There's no doubt about it. Uh, it's a goal of ours. Will it happen today? Will it happen tomorrow? Uh, it may or it may not. Uh, one, The other thing that I'm well aware of is, is the patience that Peter has. He's gonna make a good deal. He's not just gonna make a deal for making a deal. And uh, over time, it will get better back there and, and uh, we'll be happy.
2: Todd, finally, I think for the layman out there who's listening to our five hours of draft coverage on 630 Ched, they might be curious to know what the role is of a head coach at the draft. You don't get a chance to see many of these prospects, certainly on a regular basis. So how would you describe it, just in general terms, from your own experience?
0: Well, get out of the way. Really? Just don't get in the way, because we do have a... uh a powerful influence over some of the scouting staff. We are the head coaches of, of the NHL team, and if we happen to get in there and overexpress our opinion without doing our homework, it can be dangerous. So, um, you know, we're there. We're here to participate in any type of transaction that we are well aware of and uh, lend our two cents in that scenario but we're also here to welcome uh, many good young men into our organization make sure that they feel comfortable they uh, you know they get to shake our hands immediately and, and begin that relationship it starts right now and um, you know that's why we're here but we're staying out of the way these we've got really good people that do a real good job and, and let them do it